Ladies and gentlemen, friends of all ages, welcome to the Hangover Podcast. Josh Reynolds, sitting with Wolf Allen. Woohoo! How are you? Good, how are you doing? I'm good. That's good. We are the day after Halloween. Oh, yeah. Did you eat any candy? Actually, I didn't. What? Saving that for tonight. <laughs> What's tonight? CSF Halloween party, so I gotta, gotta save room for the good stuff. <laughs> Love that. All right, if you're listening to this today, come tonight. If you're listening to this tomorrow, you missed it. Yep. Snooze you lose, sucker. Exactly. I love it. Wolf and I got to teach Acts chapter 8 last night. Oh, yeah. How was it? It was interesting. I really enjoyed doing it. At the same time, it was also fairly nerve-wracking. Because it's like, well, I didn't anticipate that part of it. I was like, cool, I'm going to speak. It's going to be cool. And I was pretty nervous the whole time, like didn't want to goof up anything I said or like go off my notes at all, so I kind of tried to stick by that script mostly, but it was overall a great experience and just being able to have the platform share some of my perspectives on the passages. Yeah. Uh, Wolf Backstory has been um, hanging at CSF for, this is his third year, Yeah. Um, so we've grown to love him and trust his voice. And uh, at the beginning of the school year, um, we, I was working with leadership and said, hey, I wanted to teach acts alongside you guys this year. And so that's the whole point of the hangover and what you guys have been hearing at Encounter. And Wolf came up and said, I'd love to give some perspective. And I said, read it. <laughs> Go read acts and tell me what you found. So what was it like to read the book of Acts with a secondary ear to see how your story connected with what you saw in the text. Well, see, the first time I was reading through Acts, nothing stuck out to me at all. Like, I was like, okay, I can't connect to this or that at all. Okay, oh, well, I guess that's that. But then I went back to it again, and that's when I was able to see those connections to my own story, to specifically at the end of Acts 8 and to my experience this past summer as a camp counselor. That's the second time reading through that is when I really saw like my connection to it and when it started to speak to me personally. Yeah. Like it takes a few times for me for things to sink in before I was able to get that. I love it. And so the end of Acts 8... Uh, was the the episode or the chapter or the story of Philip and the Ethiopian. Yeah. How was it? It's an interesting story. I read this one before, but I didn't really get all of the themes of it until now. Just like going through it, like not picking it apart, but really just diving into that word and seeing like what was really happening there. And reading it like, the second and third time that I have, I was actually able to relate to it that time because before it was just, oh, this is a cool story where one of the seven wisdom-filled people is going out and doing the work of the ministry and speaking into people's lives, being their guide. And I was like, okay, that's cool that they do that. But now I was able to see my place in that story and how like different ministries like CSF and the summer camp I worked at, for example, like how they relate to that, like how they relate to Philip and how the students and the campers relate to the Ethiopian in that aspect. Like that was cool to 
see that after before, it's just like, oh, you know, it's another story in the Bible. Dope lit. <laughs> so that's the one that I think the hangover and I want to always talk about is the emotional side of Scripture, what it feels like to be like, oh, wow, that is my story. Or the, the process of teaching and like I felt nervous and I was surprised about that. Like those are both emotive words. Yeah. So what's it like on a deeper internal knowledge to kind of feel the weight of your story connecting with scripture and then the reality of, man, I, I want to say, I want to speak well. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Like those things like they, like this has been on my heart for little over a week since I'd been reading this and like I wanted to make sure like I said the right words to like accurately get across what I was feeling and what I was seeing in the scripture and what like and being able to say the script like what was in the scriptures correctly like I Mm -hmm. wanted to try and get all of that correct so if they listen yeah. to the podcast from last night, they'll hear E money and P money. Is yeah. that was was that getting the scripture correct? Oh no, I just had to <laughs> vary it in a little bit. Like you gotta what like you're not always gonna get it accurate, which okay. is the thing. But just like giving them fun nicknames, keep changing it up a little bit because like you can't just be like super serious the whole time. You have to keep people engaged. It's like oh you're calling them P money. Oh whoa, that's different, right? But no, it's really the same person. I just got, I just grabbed your attention again. Yeah. So like keeping it, so like I guess mostly what I was nervous about was like being accurate to it and being accurate to my own perspectives on it and sharing those correctly, but also keeping people engaged with it too. Sure. Like it's definitely a challenge. Like it's definitely a challenge to go through that. But for me, like that's probably why I was nervous at first once I got into it I was going yeah 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 that's awesome <clears throat> you did a great job last night Thank of you. telling the story to us yeah without being trapped in every single word of the story you did a good job of of narrating and then bringing us to the like you said to the point that you wanted to make so hit us with the highlight points the, the kind of the the points that you were Feeling, and then I want to definitely hear a little bit more of your summer story. Yeah. Yeah, so we were, when we were going through this story, we saw Philip going to this desert place, which the Spirit had sent him to. That was this place that he was at. And then there was the Ethiopian man, which that was the person who, like, his purpose was basically for in that place. Mm-hmm. And when the Spirit said, go by the chariot, stay near it that's when the purpose was set in motion. And so it's kind of this idea of place before purpose. Like God will put you in a place that you need to be at where he thinks you need to be at, which yes, you need to be at if he thinks you need to be at it. So it's essentially that like he'll put you in that place that you need to be and then give you a purpose once you're there. And it takes time. Like it just reading the scripture doesn't seem like it was long for Philip. But I mean, he also had to actually go travel to this road, get there, see the carriage, see the mm-hmm. Ethiopian, and get to that. Just like for me over the summer, like I had to apply for the job, get the job. Like again, like as I said last night, it was 
not the one I was anticipating. Like, I had really hoped to be with high schoolers, and they're like, yeah, you're too young, we're going to put you in middle schoolers. So I was like, okay, well, that's fun. But I still took it anyway. And then even when I was there, I was like, what is my purpose? Like, I know how to be a counselor, thanks to the training, but how do I do it? Like, I can't do all of this. And then it was just one night, it was a couple nights before the first set of campers arrived, I just felt like, you're there to mentor them, be their guide. Just like, show the hope of Jesus through you, like just let the spirit flow through you that way. And that like, I needed to rely fully on God to do that. Otherwise I would not be able to. Mm-hmm. And once I realized that purpose, that's when it all clicked in and it was like, oh my goodness, I know what I'm doing now. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. So the second idea was that oftentimes once we go to the place, we find that our purpose is with someone or it's people. So with someone or with multiple someones and that can be, as I mentioned last night, the building up and sending out, like you're building these people up that come into your life and then once they're ready or even before they're ready they're sent out to do the same work you are so that was one of the questions you asked um that third question do we think do we believe you asked our room uh did we feel like the ethiopian was ready to be sent out because philip was snatch and grab yeah yeah i kind of got like a mixed Feeling we only got a couple answers on this question. Yeah. If I remember correctly, one person said yes, like he was ready for that, and then another person was kind of on the fence. Right. About that. So Pers- where, where are you? Yeah. Personally, I think in the moment he probably wouldn't have seemed ready, but in reality he was, because as I said last night, like, this is how Christianity originated in Ethiopia. Most people believe, and so this man was. This Ethiopian, just with the day he had with Philip, just that little bit mm-hmm. he got was able to introduce Christianity to an entire nation, which he was ready, but I don't think he would have felt ready. Just like with summer camp, like I didn't feel ready to be a counselor, but once I was able to rely on God and once and like once I knew that, like that's when I knew I was ready. But God was like you're ready, just mm-hmm. rely on me. But before like I was, I did not think I would be at all prepared to be a camp counselor, especially when you're having 14 middle school guys to yourself every week. Like That is chaos, <laughs> which there were always weeks. It wasn't always 14, but the most you'd have is 14 in it. But yeah, so that was kind of what I felt about that. Like I think... He was definitely ready because he was able to share it to a nation, but mm-hmm. he wouldn't have felt that way. Just like a lot of people wouldn't feel that way if they were in that situation. Sure. If just imagine like you're, you've just been introduced to Christianity and like you or not just introduced. He was reading Isaiah before him, but like mm-hmm. just like explain the full scope of it. Like you just explain the full scope of Christianity, the hope of Jesus for the first time. You get baptized, and then it's like, all right, good luck, peace out. Like, it'd be like, wait, what, what, what am I supposed to do here? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what to do with this. I don't know how to, like, share this to others. But yeah. apparently he, 
he got it well enough that Ethiopia has Christianity. Yeah, that's incredible. So one of the one of the pieces that I was really interested to think about was Ethiopia is um yeah, Ethiopia, I don't know where it was in in this yeah, right, I don't know what the boundaries were and I don't yeah, know what don't the, know where the desert city, road city was. He was wrong, right? But whenever you just you know, grab a quick map. I mean, that's a distance. Yeah, you know, you're going from the Middle East into like Central Africa, West East Central Africa, East Central Africa. Yeah. I mean, like we're talking, yeah, like month, month plus long trip, easily. Oh yeah, just to get to one way. And so this guy would have probably taken a full half of a year, if not longer. To make this trip, yeah. And so, it tells me a lot about his heart. It yeah. tells me about he his, um, yeah. He'd gone to Jerusalem to worship. Is uh, verse twenty seven. Yeah. Just like man, that is pretty incredible. It also tells me that they gave him a lot of time off from being a treasurer to go do that. Like he's a big deal. It, well, yeah. yeah. But also at the same time, it's like. It's not even a religion that relates to Ethiopia. I'm kind of half surprised that they would let him go do that at this time. Like, yeah. But of course, granted, we have a very different work culture than they did <laughs> at the same time. Like, there's no way that we could get half a year off to go worship. Sure, sure. So times are a lot different here, but still, even for that, I'm surprised he was able to make this journey and still be the treasurer. Yeah, I think the thing that I'm thinking about is how in the world would news of Judaism, um, because that's why he went to Jerusalem, like he was a God-fearing Jew, a yeah. God of the Israelites. Um, man, I really wonder how that that information got all the way down to, yeah. to Ethiopia, for okay. him to them learn enough see in the text for himself, oh, I, God calls me to go to Jerusalem if I'm able, and go figure. Yeah. I own the money here in Ethiopia. <laughs> or I'm leader of the money. Yep. I can go do that. Oh, yeah. And, but it's interesting, too. Like He did have the scroll of Isaiah. Right. So he had at least one book. It's possible he could have had more. Sure. But at the same time, like that's a massive scroll that he's carrying. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, I think the room started to buzz a little bit whenever you said, it would have been leather and 29 feet. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure like, we're talking 64 or so chapters. Yeah. That is an insane amount of, of content that this guy Oh, carrying. yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially at this time, too, to have that. Yeah. All right, the big ending for me is uh, verse 35. Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. Um, so, so whenever the Ethiopian is reading, he's reading Isaiah 53, which is the sheep to slaughter Lamb is silent, deprived of justice. Who can speak of his? Like, he doesn't have a family. Yeah. Um, and it's the idea that Isaiah is writing this about um, 
Judea about yeah. about the Jewish people, um, and then it turns from there to to be understood and kept as a messianic psalm of like this is yeah. Jesus. He was not only the shepherd, but he was the Passover lamb. Yeah, and yeah. Kind of like Philip started where this eunuch was at. He's like, okay, here's that passage, and kind of like goes through that and was able to tie it into the hope of Jesus Christ. I think the passage specifically says the good news of Jesus, mm-hmm. and like is able to like go from Isaiah all the way to Jesus. Like tie that psalm into there. Explain like the background of what's happening in Isaiah. Like, like explains it to him because the eunuch didn't have someone to explain it to him. He's like, I don't understand this. I need someone to explain it. And Philip does. But he takes it even further than that. Yeah. He meets him where he's at and furthers his faith. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've referenced it a couple of times. The um, Naked Bible podcast with Michael Heiser. Uh, he has a, an Acts 8 chunk. And he really anchors in on that. Verse 34 uh, who is the prophet talking about himself or someone else? Yeah. Um, yeah, and so I like I like the way you taught that last idea of we always begin where people are at. Yeah. And then we like so we meet them in the place. Yes, exactly. Um, so just kind of like the beginning as a as a leader at CSF, like what what does that mean? In your day-to-day walking out, how do you meet people where they are in order to walk alongside them towards towards Jesus? Well, to me, uh, as a house leader, that's just like walking alongside residents where they're at. And I feel like a lot of my job is fairly logistical, like, as opposed to, like, ministry team, like, they're walking along. Like, I feel like mine is more of a logistical side of that than like a ministering side but I'm still able to like meet people where they're at Mm. and then like take them further in this way like just like being able to dive deeper in that aspect and within small group as well just like walking well like I'm not a leader in that right but like being able to walk alongside other believers and we all further each other so we're all Philip and we're all a eunuch in that circumstance where we're all diving in and we're all like seeing our different perspectives on explaining it to each other and it always gets back to the good news of Jesus mm. and some of what I talked about actually Genesis made it in yeah last night like we that's what my small group is going through right now yeah so I was able to tie that aspect into kind of what I've learned from there from other people guiding me in that scripture yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, that's good. All right, the final word. Have any uh, any closing idea? Not that I can think of. Like I think what I've said on this podcast pretty well hits yeah. my thought process on it, and also what I spoke about last night yeah. hits pretty well cool. too. Like just like that place before purpose, which is something that I feel like a lot of people don't understand fully. Mm-hmm. Yet, but then, like they need that, they need someone to come by and explain that to them. I needed someone to come by and explain that to me, mm-hmm. but that and also that building up and sending out, like that's the goal mm-hmm. of ministries. Like you build up and then you send out, 
And you don't always get to keep who you send out, as I said before. Like, it's rare that you do, which I think James, another guy involved with CSF before he just graduated, he was there last night and saw me speak, and that's very rare. Like, most times, if you're on leadership and you're mentoring some student, once you graduate, you're probably not going to see that happen. Mm. So it was incredibly lucky for him to see that. And he enjoyed to see, like, me, someone he built up, yeah. sending out, and then building up and sending out even more. Yeah. And seeing me as a house leader as well, like, that's something rare that most people don't get to see. Right. And that's super cool in that aspect. And I'd love for that to happen. But at the same time, like, I know that isn't always the case. I think one specific example that comes to mind for me is, like, my campers. Most of them I probably won't see again. And if I do, it'll be during the summer with, they'll be with a different counselor than they don't like to put campers with the same people, like, several years in a row. Sure. So, so I'll still, but one camp right that comes to mind he actually goes to I think it's called wildlife mm -hmm. in his town and one of my co-counselors from the summer is a leader in that so it was cool to hear that he's still getting involved with like Christianity and Jesus and the like, youth groups like I was like good I, I must have done something right <laughs> was he one of the demon children that you referenced no I, no actually he that week, he was actually like... You said well, demon children, and the whole room went... <gasps> well... It was Halloween. Yeah, I I thought there'd be a better, uh, a better response well, to that. I mean, like, I'd rather say demon children than have to go and explain, oh, I had first through third graders one week, and they were chaos, and the cabin paired with us was even worse than that, and... <laughs> You know what? I'm just going to sum it up with one word. They were demon children. That's funny. But I live with a, a, a third grader and a kindergartner. I know all about it. Yeah. Demonic. Imagine having like six or seven of those. I would lose once. my hair. Yeah. And that's why they only put like at max eight of those kids in a cabin versus middle schoolers. It's, I feel like for me it was easier to handle 14 middle schoolers than it was for me to handle six first through third graders, <laughs> honestly. But... That student, the middle school student that got involved in youth group, he was at, that week was actually a week where he and 11 other guys all knew each other. They all came from the same town and requested each other. Mm. And the first day I was like, oh no, this is going to be bad. But I, the plus side of that was I didn't have to make sure everyone was get, being included. No one was homesick. So it was relaxed in that aspect, but they were wild. Like Their energy levels were through the roof. Day one to day six. <laughs> and the first couple days were super rough for that. So I would say that week started out with kind of those, well, like, not really demon children, just, like, a lot to deal with. But after a couple days, like, it set in. And that ended up actually being one of my favorite weeks because, like, I had a really strong group. And yeah. I was able to – they really loved me for some reason. <laughs> and, like, I remember – saying, like, at the end of that week. Like, they tried to invite me to go to Culver's with them, and I said, uh, like, I can't. I got to stay back and clean up for the weekend. But if you guys want, like, I'll, like, just let me know. I'll come up to whatever, 
they're north of Indy. I think Westfield. Sure. I'm like, I'll drive up to Westfield and go to Culver's with you. You just let me know. Yeah. Like, it was one of those weeks where I, I would definitely see them again if I was given the chance. That's awesome. Yeah. That's and I had awesome. several weeks like that, but it's... Those are the ones where you're, it's fun to send them out. Exactly. It was fun. It was like, again, it was sad to see them go, but I had fun, like, with them that week, and I appreciate that time I had with them, and being able to send them out was also great, too. Yeah. Like, I really enjoyed sending those boys out into the world. Yeah. Well, you did great last night. I just want to always use this podcast to affirm uh, our student voices. Yeah. And I was thrilled that you came with your text and you came with your your teaching, like you had done the heart level work. Yeah. And so, man, I really appreciate it. Yeah. So I appreciate you now doing Thank this you. with me. <laughs> oh, absolutely. All right, man. Well, that's the, uh, that's the podcast. If you got questions, you can shoot them to me, josh at csfindiana.org, and you can find Wolf in his favorite place. Room 201. Room CSF. 201 at the campus house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Knock and walk right in. Yeah. All right. That's the good stuff. Have a great week, everybody. See ya.